Hey everyone, welcome to Raising the Remnant. I'm Whitney Stadman and I want to talk about visionary discipline today. So let's do this. Let's raise the remnant together. Um, I decided to start here because honestly there's a lot of places I want to start. Um, but I just feel like discipline is such a hot topic when we're talking about parenting. You know, that doesn't matter if you have little kids or big kids. Um, but I really feel like there's a different approach that God wants us to take in how we approach discipline. Um, again, if we're going to raise a remnant, you know, something that's left over, something that can stand the test. Um, I just, I feel like there's a better way to approach this than we have in the past. Um, it might surprise you to know that in my house, we don't start with the rules. Um, we start with our vision. Um, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen tells us where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, for me and my husband, our vision is pretty simple. Um, everything we do, everything we say starts and ends with the relationship we have with our kids, the relationship they have with each other, the relationship they have with themselves, and the relationship we have corporately and individually with God. Corporately as a family, but also individually with God. I believe that to raise a remnant who can withstand the test of time, we must root our foundations of discipline in relationship. And I believe that it's from a place of relationship that real, true discipline or the fruit of discipline, right? Discipline brings fruit in our life. And it can either be good fruit or bad fruit, right? And I believe that when we place it in relationship, that's really the best foundation. Discipline is an essential aspect of raising our kids, and it's an important tool in the belt of all great parents. Um, But to be honest, you guys, I believe it is misunderstood and misused often. And if we're honest, we tend to approach discipline as a way to get a certain response from our kids or to get them to act in a certain way. Uh, It becomes a mean of controlling their response Um, You know, for example, if you don't do this, I'm going to do this, right? Solicits a certain response from them. And if you were raised in a Christian home or if you weren't, you know, every single one of us as kids grew up hearing that, you know, if you don't do this, I'm going to do this, right? But ultimately that fails when they're in the real world, not because it doesn't work, but because it kind of fails to get them to have a certain response based on an actual conviction they have, right? Um, As mothers, I believe our approach to discipline should be rooted in a vision we have for our children's lives. And that visionary discipline can shape the way we guide and train our kids. That when we envision the desired outcome and align our discipline with healthy relationships, we foster the lives of our kids to thrive in their relationship with themselves, others, and God. And you're going to hear me say that a lot because really that's that's my foundational truth, right? Because ultimately life is spent in relationship, relationship with themselves, relationship with the world around them, relationship with God, relationship with rules even, right? And whole and healthy relationships allow for change and freedom. And this is sort of a disclaimer because we have this sense that somehow if we approach 
something one way, we have to do that always, right? And again, that goes back to this should not be formulaic, right? Um, When we have change, when we have freedom, they grow, we grow. Um, Controlling relationships are unhealthy. And honestly, they produce intimidated followers rather than covenant friends, um, if any of you have ever been part of a friendship that feels really controlling, we we do not want to anger that person. And so we act a certain way so that we don't anger them or disrupt the peace we feel like we have, right? But that's not really freedom, right? And so I believe that if we want to produce trusted friends instead of intimidated followers from our kids, we must approach discipline differently. Um, I know that when we talk about discipline, this is kind of a frustrating subject sometimes. We read all kinds of books about it. And again, this is why I didn't write a book about it because I just, I just, a formula of how to do it right, right? And like, to what purpose? There's so many different fields of thought out there. Do we spank our kids? Do we not spank our kids? Do we call it a consequence or do we call it getting in trouble? And then what's the most effective form of discipline, you know? And I think as parents, we all kind of grapple with those questions, right? But can I be honest and frank with you that I believe those are the wrong questions, To each of those questions, I would probably say it depends a lot on your kids. Our children and our relationship with our children and who our children are ultimately is is different based on every family, every child. And in all fairness, those kinds of elements, do we spank them? Do we put them in timeout? Do we talk to them? Do we, what do we do? You know, uh, we're all going to have to traverse that in our own way. But I believe to do discipline well, we must go back to our vision for our kids and our family and ultimately God's vision for them. You know, I don't I don't want them to have my vision. I want to have God's vision for my children and who he says they are. I mean, yeah, my body grew those babies and the Lord used my body to incubate and birth them. And, and they do have a lot of me in them and a lot of my husband in them. But ultimately, they're image bearers of Christ. And I, I want to know what he his vision is for their lives. So then when we're thinking about that in terms of discipline, I believe the right question we should be asking is, what is the fruit you desire to instill in the lives of your kids? Disciplinary practices should match that fruit. It should match that vision. Because it's easy in just life, you know, to lose sight of why we discipline our kids. Why do we discipline our kids? Do we discipline our kids because we want them to act a certain way? Do we discipline our kids because we know that in a lack of discipline, they will not learn? Um, And I believe, you know, in the heat of the moment when my child is obstinate or defiant or if they're young and they're throwing a temper tantrum or even older and throwing a temper tantrum, I, I, I forget the fruit I want to produce in them. And often we get into this space where we end up kind of throwing out whatever consequence we can think of to get them to stop doing what they're doing, right? Whatever we can think of in that moment to get them to stop doing it, we throw that out. And then we react. We become reactive parents instead of proactive parents, right? Where there is no vision, the people perish, right? Because 
the vision creates proactivity, not reactivity, right? And I, and when I react to them throwing that fit and then I threaten them if they don't stop that because there's people staring at me, right? And all I and like, like you know, as and we've been there, we all been there. <laughs> all eyes turn to you with that unruly five-year-old in your shopping cart throwing a tantrum over the Spider-Man toy that you're not going to buy for them. And we kind of get into this space where we're like, I don't want these people judging me. You know, sweat is dripping down your back. (laughs) You're embarrassed by their behavior. And, you know, this becomes more about you than it really does about them. And so because of that reflection, Right. And like, I just want to call this out while we're talking about it. Their their behavior is not a reflection on you. Okay, that child is created to want things just like we do, but they are five or six or 10 or 15. And so the way that they react to what they want or the way they're acting because of that, like that, that doesn't we take it so personally as parents. And can I just stop and tell you, like, stop doing that. That kid wants something, you're telling them no, and they are reacting to that decision, right? Like, like stop taking it so personally. And I would say that to the parents who have teenagers too. You know, we've all been teenagers. It, it really was not, my behavior as a teenager really had so much less to do with my parents and so much more to do with me and the things that I was learning and fielding and growing and experiencing than it did really to do with them. But, but for whatever reason, if our kids are not acting a certain way, we somehow take it personally. And I'm not saying we're not accountable for the way we raise our kids, but do we understand how ludicrous that is? That somehow I can control them to never have a temper tantrum? Like, has that worked for you in your life? I've had temper tantrums. Oh God, multiple times in my life. Like, why'd you let this happen, right? And he doesn't, well, Whitney, if you don't, if you have that temper tantrum one more time, I'm going to do this, this, and this. No, he doesn't do that. He does not do that. He meets me where I am. And if we cannot do that with our kids, then we allow our vision to be blurred by our own frustration. We often let our discipline be moved from correcting to produce good fruit and preserve our relationship with our kids to controlling them. And let's be really real. I think I talked about in one of my earlier podcast episodes that control is ultimately based out of fear. If I am afraid of what they are doing, or afraid of the people who now are staring at me in the middle of the shopping center with this child who is throwing a big fit, I I move into a place of control. Discipline should never be about punishment. But somehow that's what we've relegated it to. You want to know why? Because that that is formulaic. And for whatever reason, we are pretty good at allowing that to come in, right? We've moved from a place, we need, we need to move from a place of punishing them to teaching them, guiding them, and shaping their character. What is the path that you desire your child to go down? 
Does your disciplinary practice match the path you want them to walk? I want to be real and give you some things to think about in terms of discipline. Consequences are necessary, right? They're real. They're just, and they are the true results of decisions, whether good or bad. True. But rules without relationship bring death. Rules within relationships give us the ability to steward freedom and bring life to one another. So your rules should match your vision for the relationship you want to have with your kids, you want them to have with you, you want them to have with each other, and with themselves. The answer to a child who is struggling, right? Even let's go back to that kid struggling in the middle of the shopping center because they want the toy and you told them no. They're struggling because, and they're struggling. They're not being respectful to you. They're not being respectful to themselves or the other people who are shopping, right? But if I just give rules to them, I can get them to stop. But that's not really the vision that I have. The vision that I have is that this child who is struggling with something they want that they can't have, which is a real true struggle in life. We often all have that, right? I want this thing that I can't have. And I want them to learn to have the capacity to stop in the middle of that. But in order for them to learn that, I have to learn that. In that moment, I can stop. I can ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. I can ask him what I would need to do in order to preserve my relationship with my kid, in order to restore order and teach well what is needed for my child to grow into God's vision for that child's life. Having God's vision for my children's lives provides clarity and purpose in my approach to discipline. Proverbs 29, 18 states, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. And honestly, you guys, I think we have to start that with ourselves. How often in your day are you asking God for divine guidance? When you come up against that teenager who is ticked off and you can't figure out why, what we, we resort to like trying to do it on our own. And then we run wild, right? When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. And I don't want to run wild anymore. I want to try to solve the issue of discipline with the Lord. As good as it is to have parenting books, classes, and guidance, they are no substitute for you knowing the voice of God and what he says about the child you are caring for that he created. And I just want to approach this from a different angle that only when we are asking God for his vision for our kids can we have the opportunity to offer discipline, guidance, and shape the future of our children through that intentional discipline grounded in a clear vision. We need to define what our vision is for our children. And we need to give ourselves freedom to take away rules that are rooted in control versus rules that are rooted in the vision of the fruit we want to produce in our kids' lives. We need to be willing to ask ourselves some questions. You know, what kind of adults do we want them to become? 
What values and virtues do we want them to embody? What kind of relationship do we want to have with them ourselves? Like what's what do I want my kids, my relationship with my kids to look like? And how does my discipline produce the fruit I desire? Um, I have personally never been a huge fan of spanking my kids. Um, I'm just going to be honest here. That's never really felt right to me. Um, I was spanked as a kid. I have no problem with that. It doesn't bother me. I don't think there's something wrong with it. But the problem for me has always been that spanking only lasts and only works for so long, right? I can only spank my kids for a certain amount of time. (laughs) Eventually, they get too big, you know? And honestly, then I had to stop and ask myself. I remember spanking my youngest child, I think, once. And I remember thinking, like, is he obeying me right now out of a heart change or is he obeying me because he doesn't want to have that spanking, right? And it's not that that's wrong. You know, when I think about, um, you know, you get into a car and you go the speed limit because you don't want to get in trouble from the cop who's sitting there in a speed trap, right? Uh, Or you don't want to go too fast so that you lose control of your vehicle and possibly kill yourself and others, right? And so there is a certain point where where discipline does create that, right? I don't want this to happen, so therefore I'm going to steer away from that. But ultimately, it still has to do with the relationship I have with myself, right? I want to preserve my life and I want to preserve my car. And so therefore, I'm not going to do this thing, right? And so there should be a relational aspect to every disciplinary action we have with our kids. And if that is missing from anything that you do, I would be asking the Lord directly about that. Lord, show me where the disciplinary actions that I am taking with my kids are not just rooted in having them not do that thing, but are also rooted in the relationship I have with them or that God has with them, right? Um, in my my life, I really feel that, um, you know, rules can be simple and they can be few because Ultimately, when they are rooted in relationship, they look more like, in my house, disrespect is not allowed. It's just not allowed. I can't disrespect my kids. My kids can't disrespect each other. They cannot disrespect, you know, themselves. And that's just not allowed, right? And so I have, like, when I am disciplining them, disrespect is, is just not, I don't even allow it in my household, Right. But I don't have to have five million rules to to create a culture of respect in my home. I simply just have to not tolerate disrespect. Right. And so they can be I've let I let my kids. I'm like, you know, you can ask me respectfully. Hey, mom, why do I have to do that right now? You know, I tell them to clean up the room. They're like, I don't want to clean up my room right now. Right. Nope, that was not a respectful response. But you could try that again and say, Mom, I would like to finish what I'm playing. Can I please have 10 more minutes? Or do we have time for me to finish what I'm doing first? Right? They have been respectful to hear my words. Right? I have been respectful to hear theirs. And I can tell you that the consequence of them being disrespectful looks more like this. Right? Hey, boys, it's time to clean up your room. We're going to get ready for the day. Right? 
And they say to me, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, well, now we don't get to talk about it because that was disrespectful, right? Now you're doing it, right? You don't get 10 more minutes. You don't get 15 more minutes. Like your response should only be respect to me and vice versa, right? I would have respected the fact that he's finishing what he's playing. I would have given him 15 more minutes because I have 15 minutes to spare. But now the the consequence of that is you've lost 15 more minutes because of the disrespect you offered. And so now you don't get that choice anymore to meet me in that relationship of let's discuss this together, right? Because I'm not trying to control him, right? I'm having him get ready for the day is important. He needs to do it. But if he wanted 15 more minutes to finish what he was playing, like I can usually spare that if we're being honest. You know, it's the same thing they're playing at a park. I usually can spare an extra 10 minutes, not always. And then when that's true, I tell him that. I can't, I'm sorry, we have to go now. We're, right? Because it's still rooted in respect. We have an appointment to keep. We have somewhere to be. And so I can't give you 10 more minutes because that would be disrespectful to the person who is waiting for us on the other end, right? Um, And so that's where those relational things come into you know, our relationship with them. Um, so practically, um, I, I'm i going to take a little break here. I want to come back to a part two for this and give you just some practical examples of, of different ways that I feel like disciplining goes into a relationship with self, a relationship with others, and just some practical ways that I do that. So I hope you guys will share... Uh, Come back and share some time with me uh, as we discuss that in our next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to Raising the Remnant.